Ugh. So we missed, missed. We didn't miss a show. We're doing the show now. We'll do another right. one in a couple days. There you go. Yeah. We're just late with the show. That's what it is. Yeah. That's yeah. the ticket. Boy. What a wonderful uh, weekend I had last weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I took a three-day weekend and just uh, played disc golf, and that's about it. Honestly, me and by, by myself, because nobody could go Friday, I went up and played Lake Stevens again. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> played pretty well there. It's been a half hour beforehand and afterwards practicing sidearms, and I'm starting to figure it out. Still not good enough to use when I'm actually playing, but I'm starting to figure it out. Mm. Um, Saturday, me and Aaron played nine holes at Collins and 18 at Ace. Then I played 18 more at Ace by myself. Aaron And we played for scratchers. We just had one scratcher scratch off for each uh each round so that skins yeah well it wasn't really skins it's whoever won mm-hmm. gets because we only had two dollars so i got two scratchers um <clears throat> i won the first one and he actually won the second one at ace yeah neither of us won anything but we won the scratcher we won the thrill of hopefully scratching off something i noticed we're a remarkably unlucky, uh, unlucky group when it comes yeah, to things like that. we did this did i talk about it we did it a couple weeks ago except for every hole was worth a, a scratch off mm-hmm. it was me aaron adam bryant nikki bryant and um adam and nikki won most of the things and they got uh i think between the two of them they might have had 35 dollars worth of scratchers uh i won two skins and i had one dollar and aaron won one and had nothing so that's getting 22 23 however many we bought Getting three or four of them that won something, mm-hmm. that's a pretty good percentage. It's not bad. Pretty, but we all bought them at different places. Mm-hmm. So me, me and Aaron were at the same place, but uh, they bought them somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That that does make it fun when you're actually playing for something instead of just bragging rights. But it does suck whenever you uh, – like if everybody ties, the, the skin moves to the next hole, mm-hmm. and then – It's like a push. Yeah, one guy doesn't – not even involved in the push. And he – I don't – I don't know if Adam was that guy, but it might have been me that wasn't involved in the push, and I and I want to skin. It does get frustrating. Yeah. You watch it all the time on – there's a skins match they do every week. <clears throat> you have four players, and there's a guy, Kevin Jones. He won't be involved in any of the pushes, but on hole seven when the when the thing's worth $700, he wins, and he gets, he gets the $700. <laughs> it's pretty – but that's the game, I guess. I yeah. don't know. But it does get frustrating if you're the one always losing, I suppose. I should probably play the intro song. Fun fact, I traded in my phone. Remember last time I traded in my phone? Yeah. Lost everything. Right. Well, I mean, my contacts rolled over and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, this time, I still have all my stuff. Better start it from the beginning. Phone technology has changed so much in the three years since I bought one. Yeah. Last time I bought one was a Galaxy S10. So it was 2019, I think, maybe 2020, early, late, no, 19. It was 19 because I just started working where I work now. Mm-hmm. They gave you a cable to hook up to each phone, or you could do it through Wi Fi. Now, 
to transfer all your shit over. And just the apps that you had downloaded and pictures, mm-hmm. I think, would transfer over. This time, all my drops, uh, all my passwords. I did. I just. I did. I just clicked on things and it logged me in. I guess it has something to do with Google. Hmm. It just logged me right in. If uh, and my home screen was exactly the same. Google. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. It's going to end up ruining society, but it's pretty amazing. Ruining, ruined. I don't think it's ruined yet. I still have a lot of fun out there. You do too. No, I don't. Not really. Well, you should start. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and then Sunday, me and Jmo went and played at Lake Stevens again because he hadn't got to play there yet. Mm. And I don't remember who won or what happened, but I did almost ace the hole where you got to throw over the water. I think that's 15. Not sure, but I did almost ace it. Would you put out a press release about it? I should. If I aced it, yeah. I would do one to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of good players. <laughs> it's very hard, especially since it's up in the air and stuff. And I hit the... I say I almost aced it if I'd have thrown it a foot higher, two feet higher. Mm-hmm. But then also the wind could have got under it and made it dive right into the lake. So I try to throw a line drive across it. I hit the bottom of the pin, like the pole that holds up the uh, the basket. Mm-hmm. If it would have went in, I would have made some sort of a celebration about it. What fucking episode are we on? 378. 378. For some reason, I don't have a pin over here anymore. Huh. Oh, the pin's in my hand. There it is. I'm a retard. <laughs> you thought it was a... I thought it was my vape. vape. Yeah. Three, seven, eight. Who do we appreciate? Bears. <laughs> bears. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking uh, Bad News Bears. One of the greatest youth sports movies of all time. Yeah. And it's also... It was, it was probably rated R. It might have been rated G back then. No. Nowadays, that movie R. rated R. Yeah. It was rated R then. Great movie. Mm-hmm. Walter Matthau. Tatum O'Neill. Mm-hmm. A young Tatum O'Neill. Yeah. A young Nick Ricky. God damn, he played Freddy Krueger last time. Oh, that's Jackie Earl Haley. Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah. Haley, yeah. Very young Jackie Who, uh, genet- had, had got the opposite of the genetic lottery. He got... <laughs> Not a handsome man. Never was. I mean, uh, you got your Jackie Earl Haley's, your Clint Howard's. Your Clint Howard, Ron leans, Howard's Clint yeah. Howard leans into it. He does. He knows what he is. Yeah, he's, and he's hilarious about it. He always does that face. Who else you got that's extraordinary looking, but not in a great way? Um, I mean, Willem Dafoe. He's he's extraordinary yeah, looking, but he's not like whoa. But his confidence makes yeah. up for um, Riley John C. Riley John C. Riley Steve yeah. Buscemi. Yeah, John C. Riley is like one of the most. He's he is, he looks like he's off the boat Irish. I mean, on the beginning of Gangs of New York, they 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 chose those actors well. I mean, and Riley he is an Irishman, like he's an Irish American guy. Yeah, C. They, Riley is the last name. Uh, well, of Irishman. course, but um, then you had Brendan Gleeson, who I mean. Just like you watch something like uh, I watched the Bronx Tale the other day, the Italian people really have a look, you know. Yeah, the Irish people really, swarthy really have a look, you know, like square chins, but not you know like kind of yeah big thick necks, noses, and, yeah, that kind of puff out a little yeah. bit from all the drinking, <laughs> gin blossoms, 
<laughs> vomit on their chins, you know. Yeah. Knuckles scuffed up from beating on their wives. Yeah. The wife gave as good as she got, though. <laughs> Did you ever see a family guy day the life of an Irishman? She's him at the bar, and it's like animatronic. His wife comes, he's like, he smacks her. Takes a drink. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it says a day in the life of an Irish woman. She's praying. <laughs> and she lays out her baby, baby pops out. <laughs> uh, Europe's Mexican. <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh, that might be the title. Uh, that's pretty good. Oh, also known as uh, in the uh, movie, the pretend, the uh, commitments, the blacks of Europe. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yes, it is wildly accurate. I mean, you can read all about that in um, Mick McMickelson's book. <laughs> That's a fucking callback. The Irishmen <laughs> were the actual slaves. It's <laughs> <That's> so ridiculous. <laughs> and then I made you explain it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd read a book where... And I named you Mick McMickelson. <laughs> 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 I'm so funny. It's great. <laughs> it was early on. Uh, we were look exp- it up, folks. We were experimenting. Look up. Uh, I don't even know what episode it is, but it's a PP NPPFR, and it's where I, me and Chuck did like a maybe 20 minute imp- improvised interview where I was a a book radio host, <laughs> yeah. and he was an author, and I didn't tell him his name or his the book and the subject matter until after we, we, it was, a, it, was a, it was a take on rare air on fucking, uh, on NPR. If you guys are, familiar yeah. With that. Or fresh air, fresh air. Um, yeah. My favorite line from it is when I asked you about your adolescence, <clears throat> you go, well, I was a ward of the state. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that? Yes. <laughs> I can be funny when I'm, you got to have somebody feed it to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to have somebody to play off of. Right. You couldn't sit here with a wet blanket and be No, no. It would be kind of hard. I could be funny with the wet blanket because I'd be making fun of the wet blanket. Right. You're too nice. Right. You, <laughs> me, and, me and you and me and Frampton play off well together. Yeah. Like if when we get the three of us together, if you get us on a good night, it's going to be some good yeah. stuff. We should start a separate podcast with just me and you and Frampton. Yeah. And, uh, but it, feel like it'd be hard to get him here. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, that's just me and you. Yeah. Andy, listen to that. Take a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> we love you, but you're not known for either punctuality or... <laughs> he must be an Irishman. <laughs> no, he's a Scot. Yeah, you can kind of tell. And if, and if you suggest that he's an Irishman, he gets pissed. Excuse me? Well, he just gets pissed because he has a bunch of people who have Irish last names, but aren't really Irish. And every St. Patrick's day, they're that annoying group. Of oh people. yeah. Cause he's, he works in bars. Well, I mean, but he has friends who are, just, oh, you yeah. know, and, and he, but he knows lots of those people. Yes. For, through that too. And so one time he just got pissed off and he's just like, these people have no more knowledge of their heritage than anything. And then that one night of the year, they just get fucking plowed. So that was actually for, for the longest time, the one night of the year, he wouldn't drink. A lot of people actually do that. Yeah. Not a lot. Man, I've seen it mentioned. Right. Like they won't drink for that or New Year's or anything like that. Just because well, it ruins the vibe. Well, and the thing about it is, is that the Kenans are both. It's a, it's an Ulster Scots or Ulster Irish. You know, it's, it's the two Celtic groups of people forming one culture. And then they came here and they in, inhabited Appalachia. They That's, were sort of forced to come over here. Well, to fight. 
uh, in the revolution and they were like, hey, look at these hills. These look like coal. It wasn't the revolution necessarily. It was uh, being the cat's paw against the Native Americans. They're like, well, uh, we have this group of savages. Why don't we get our group of savages who are somewhat tamed and we'll go over there and, and set them up and have them kill them. And then once we do that, we'll send them in coal mines and have them dig it out. And, <laughs> and Bob's your uncle. <laughs> Bob's your uncle, mate. (laughs) (laughs) But instead, they might have done a little bit of fighting, but they were like, this looks a lot like the house. We should just kind of make camp here. They did lots of fighting, but they usually did it on their own. (laughs) You know, like... uh. Like we're not fighting for anybody. No. This is this is mine now. No. And if you come up here, I'll kill you too. Yeah, you die. <laughs> and they did. <laughs> you die. And then they can that continued into the revenuers. Like the, I mean, the the Appalachian people just came up here and started hiding. And we are just now being brought into the light of. Yeah, people. we're getting ready to have a, especially around here, the influx of out of towners. And uh, it's good. It's a good thing. It is. Yeah. It is. But they're going to learn. They're going to learn what we're actually like. And here's the other thing. They're going to love it. They're going to end up coming. What do you mean? Back. What do you think they're going to love? This place rules. The uh, the uh, total the uh, people li- the libertarian vibe we have and yeah and how awesome our food and yeah culture and all how that stuff we've is. Just taken every every American food and made it a different thing here somehow. Yeah, biscuits and gravy. Yeah, uh, fucking pepperoni rolls. Our Fuck hot yeah. dogs are the best hot dogs. Yeah, I, I mean if. You, Anybody who ever gets me a disgusted look when I mentioned coleslaw, I wanted to punch them. And they deserve to be punched. They do. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to like the people. They're going to like the scenery. They're going to like all of it. Well, Fayette County is especially, I think it is the most West Virginian. Like, it's it's a good mix of both coal, coal towns and something more. You know, yeah. you get into Mingo, they got shit. They got nothing. You know, they're having a tough time down there in Mingo. They are, man. And I'm not making fun of them, but I'm just saying that they don't have the natural beauty and stuff we have. They just don't. Yeah, it's a little flatter, a little rougher. Right. And it's just not, they weren't blessed with the gorge and all that stuff. I mean, we're, we, me and mom were talking about it and, and my stepdad and everything. We lucked out around here. Like, yeah, we're within hollering distance of, National Gorge. Park. Yeah. We're within hollering distance. Summersville Lake. Yeah. Uh, Lake Stevens up there at Beckley. Had no idea it was even there, but it's fucking gorgeous. Um, you got the whole thing down there at Ace that they do. Yep. There's a lake there, I suppose. Summersville will, be, will next be getting uh, either state park status or national recognition status. It won't be a national park. Yeah. But it will be national recognition like the like the gorge was. I mean, That's the first step, too. It was like the <clears throat> forever the dam was like the largest what is that earthen dam? Cause it's just stuff piled on top of each other. It's yeah. not concrete. No, that shit. No. Um, also the largest man-made lake for mm-hmm. a while. It pr- might not be anymore. I, then China, they probably have a man-made sea. Over yeah. There Cause they just, and they, they did it all by hand with a bunch of people who were disposable. They just dumped their bodies into the fucking mortar. Like the, yeah, the, the great wall. The Chinese are the West Virginians of Asia. They are. They really are. They, maybe the they're, 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 North they're coal miners. Yeah. They're fucking, you know, well, well, North Korea is, yeah. North Korea is the California. Well, because they f- fucking regulate everything, regulate everything to death, down to down to your thoughts. Yeah, there was uh, you were, you've seen it, I'm sure. After Kim Jong Il died, yeah. If you didn't cry hard enough, you and your entire family were put in work camps because they punished the family, the generations. If you have a grandma, she's gone too. Yeah. And it might be better being in one of those work camps than being not in the work camps. So people, they had to stand there and cry for hours and hours. And it was insane. God. Because you have to show that 
uh, you see, love and, and that's dear leader. Well, that's the thing too, man. That that's that's the way autocrats are. I mean, the one we've got here, the potential one, isn't that bad, but he's definitely along those lines. You know, uh, um, what one thing I do love is reading into like North Korea's history. Uh, Kim Jong Il invented the game of golf. He invented a hamburger. He could speak in full sentences. World's greatest movie director. <laughs> Doesn't have an asshole. Doesn't have an asshole. <laughs> um, uh, he, no, he didn't invent golf. Here's what it is. He played his first round of golf and it, on his first Played try, a perfect game. Hole in one every hole. <laughs> Can't get any better. I mean. World-class chef. <laughs> can't people see that that's what happens well, yeah. when those people get power and they can do that? And nobody actually believes it, but you have to pretend like you believe it. Well, I know, but that's the thing. I mean, like, again, the comparison where he, I don't think he made that hole in one, but the fact that he has to. I think he probably announce, did. I don't think he did. I think he probably did. I don't. Why wouldn't he announce one every day then? Because he plays golf. Well, no, day. because. I think what happened is he either got a, a double birdie or something like that, and he just went and well, it's pretty maybe, much a hole maybe, in yeah, one. Maybe he might have got an albatross <laughs> yeah. or an eagle or something. Right. Yeah, And he, he said, maybe. well, it's pretty much a hole in one. It's called hole in one. Yeah. <laughs> it was I, a par four and he got it yeah, in two. Yeah, that's what I think happened, something that's, like that. You know what? It's pretty sound. Yeah. Pretty sound. <laughs> that sound that sounds like Donnie. Yeah. <laughs> so. And then the whole thing with him, he's the best at everything. And he's just, you know, it's just, and, and then you see, now you're seeing the right side. Now you're, you're able to laugh about him. I'm enjoying well, this. Well, sure. I mean, it was always funny to a degree, but the fact that, and then the, the round table thing where people have to go and have you ever seen those where, yeah. they, where they have to fucking talk about how great he is and shit. I'm saying, well, he just sets like, if people can't, if people can't see the parallels, you're insane or you're choosing not to see it. You know, it's not, he's not that extreme. Come on. He's not, but that's because he's never gotten that kind of power. Given that kind of power at the, at a very young age, oh, he, yeah. he would have been worse. If his dad would have been nice to him, he'd be at a different, completely different person. Absolutely. But I'm saying yeah. given that power at a young enough age and, and with no inter, inter, interference and everything, he likely would have been worse. Yeah. So, um, as he's just that kind of person, um, Gosh, another uh, like uh, they they say that they invented nuclear technology or whatever. Yes, pretty much anything. Maybe I should look up a list of uh, Kim Jong Il's accomplishments because they're very funny. Hmm. <laughs> Even with this new phone, I still hit the. Uh, the period is the screen button. bigger. Yeah, this this one's gigantic. Does it take up the whole phone? I mean, yeah, it's just the outline. Yeah, just the cases. The case is going around. Mm -hmm. and, um, it's got a little stylus that goes with it. I don't know if I like this keyboard. I got to figure out how to change the keyboard. Okay, Kim Jong Il, man of implausible talents. Let's see. It's written by Al Jazeera. It's amazing how even-handed they are, Alcazar. Yeah. I mean, they're they they are aggressively critical of Arab. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty. Yeah, they're not. It's terrible. impressive. Actually, well, just like uh, Russia today was pretty good about lots of stuff. God, that's brave too. Yeah, that's really brave. Well, they they had uh, their own American 
news network mm-hmm. that like people like Abby Martin were on, mm-hmm. and she would take, talk shit. Take Putin to task. She would talk shit, and then one time she got invited to come to the Kremlin, and she said no. no. Then she resigned. <laughs> and they knew that she would know what that meant. Yeah. Um, well, I haven't been keeping up with that. What's going on with that? Um, Ukraine. It depends on who you listen to. Um, some people. Well, say, give me both sides, and then I can infer in the middle. Some people say Ukraine's doing a very good job of holding them off, and they might okay. be doing a good job in some places. I have no idea. Other people are saying that it's a bloodbath, and they're uh, Russia's sacking as they go. It's not been easy. That's not true either. It's probably somewhere in the middle, right? I mean, there's a big mass grave with like. Nine ten thousand people in it. We're we're looking at a World War Two situation right now. I know that's why yeah, we got to so. stay out of it. Yeah, I, I guess, man. But it could, at one point, do you not? I mean, we could have elected to stay out of World War Two too, and we shouldn't have. I don't care what anybody says. I know it costs us a lot of lives and everything, but you can allow you can't allow that kind of thing to go on. You just can't. I don't know. Would you have been against us going into World War Two? I'm against every war, no matter what. So you would have been against thwarting the Holocaust and trying to stop that from happening. I'm not trying to. No, I'm no. not trying to put you on the. Oh, no. no, let me let me let me revise that. I know you're not that way. I know I, I know you're not. But uh, well, let's take that out of it because they didn't even really know about how, how bad that was until after the war, right? Mm-hmm. So knowing what nazi germany was doing rolling over into poland and they're killing lots of people did not war dead we're not talking holocaust we're talking war dead at this point you still would have been against it i'm against every war no matter what i mean that's a principled stance which especially when they're not attacking us sure now japan flew the planes into uh, pearl harbor well originally you know this that originally we were only fighting japan yeah i know and then it just got kind of well Fucking, I mean, yeah, you're in there, Germany in there too. You know? I mean, I'm not against like privately people doing what they think they need to do. Right. But I'm against uh, the government doing that because I'm against the government. I don't, especially the big, you know, you know, it wasn't that bad back then, you know, but I'm just like, I'd be against the civil war. Cause I think it would have ended up better for everybody. If we let them do their thing and fell on their own. And then there would have eventually there's John Brown would have got down there probably or somebody like him would have got down there and started killing everybody. I don't know. Well, there would have been a slave revolt. Well, that was pre-war. I mean, that was that happened pre-war. Anyway. He's the catalyst for the whole thing. Essentially. Yeah. Um, I think there would have been a massive slave revolt and, and or privately people going down and do. I don't know. Well, you I'm know, there, there's lots of action. Well, for one thing that. The, the the South is seen very monolithically, you know, and it wasn't that way. You had the Free State of Jones. You had, you you had. What if that movie's good? Well, it's true. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I heard it's a good movie. But it's true story. It's McConaughey. Yeah, and he doesn't. He he rarely. I think misses. your phone is. Um, but you also had, you know, that the South was sending regiments of troops north to fight with the, to fight with the Union. And vice versa. You know, there were regiments of tri- troops going from the north to fight for the south. There were uh, Native American tribes fighting 
both for the South and for the Union. You know, there's actually one of the higher ups of the Union Army was a uh, was a Shawnee. You don't hear a lot about him. Um, I actually had to look that up. I saw a picture of him. I was like, that guy's a Native American. I can look at it. He had a mustache and everything, but you know, he was definitely Native. And I looked him up, and he was a Brigadier General. Um, you had um, so many different groups. You know, pro-slavery in the North, anti-slavery in the South. That that it is described very good evil. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's not that. It's not that simple. But I don't believe that it's a state's rights issue because when it comes down to it, we've had this argument before with you know friends, and it's an, it's a spirited but friendly argument. When you break down something down, yes, it's not for, fought for slavery, but they always revert to the same argument: our way of life. Well, what does that entail? It entails your whole. Yeah, it entails your not just owning the people and stuff like that. And wow, we get to do that. No, it entails the fact that your economy relies almost solely on not paying your labor. Yeah, and that is a massive chunk of change. So that's the only reason the for, the South could afford to even fight the North. I mean. This is a true. We we all right. We've opened it up now. Civil War talk. We can start a podcast about Chuck's Civil War bloviations. Um, the the entire South GDP was less than one tenth of the entire GDP of New York State alone. Yeah, I mean that's that's and that is mean. That means that on paper they had no chance. So. Yes, their generalship was brilliant and all that stuff, but you've got 110,000 men versus 60. Anybody can do that fucking math. I mean, yes, they had General Lee, and they had brilliant generals, man, amongst the greatest in history. That is a fact. But the reason they were so good is because they didn't have a choice. And they were also fighting early in the war some pretty shitty generals. You had fucking McClellan, who didn't want to fight. You had... um, uh, Ambrose Burnside, who was a fucking idiot. You had, I can't believe I remember all these fuckers' names. Um, you had Phil Sheridan, who just wasn't. Sounds you know, like a record producer. <laughs> he really does. Phil Sheridan, how you doing? <laughs> it's like on fucking, uh, this is Spinal Tap, Artie Fufkin. Yeah. <laughs> Kick my ass. I'm not asking, I'm telling. Um, you know, it's just the. But the, the illusion people, the illusions on both sides. It was all about slavery and altruistic. No, it wasn't. The South, the North knew they needed the South, and they needed each other. But at the same time, Lincoln was not a saint. That's just a fact. You know, Lincoln was saintly for his time. Let's put it honestly. You know, everybody likes to think that there were people who think who think like us back then. There were a few, but there weren't many. Yeah. So, and Lincoln was definitely not one of those. But Lincoln was also a man of his time and a brilliant man of his time. His intelligence is almost impossible to overstate. I mean, it's he and he was and he knew that without the South, the United States doesn't work. So he you cannot have you, you need to have what any other empire in the world. They knew they were going to be an empire at this point. Pretty much. You need hegemony and hegemony means rule within your borders. So they were going to not they were going to have a hostile country you know, who could compete with them and look just essentially like in their borders. Yeah. You can't have that. That'd be like the Romans accepting 
you know, a, a, a group of people who were Roman but didn't want to call themselves Roman within their borders. They wouldn't have abided it. They're like, no, we're not doing that. So I don't think what, what Lincoln did was necessarily wrong. If you're going to play the game of nations, you got to play it to win. You know, we all got to live within this thing. So if you're going to have this awful system we live in, might as well have it work. So, you know, and you just cannot allow that. Secondly, it wasn't a state's rights issue with the South. Again, boil that down, chew it down to the bone. Invite anybody who has that argument to chew it down to the bone. Their right to what? Determine their what they wanted their lives their lives to be what uh, based on what you know that that'll make a lot of people angry because then it forces them back into the corner that they don't want to admit. So, you know, it's an it's an interesting thing. Yeah, it's wild. It's I. It's hard to believe that that was a thing where you could own. Uh, another person it's actually almost into 1900 <clears throat> think about it well but what's even crazier is there's more slaves now throughout the world even in the united states than there were then isn't that crazy what is it now there's more slaves now even in the through, through uh, human trafficking yeah shit yeah. like that well yeah that'll tell you the, the system that we're living within yeah not a good one <laughs> it's, it's crazy another wild thing about this phone not even, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Not even this phone, honestly. It's uh the screen protector. I didn't know this existed. That's one of the wild things. Is an epoxy that he squirted on the phone and then just brushed around the You uh, did that? No, the oh. the guy he showed me how to do it so okay. whenever I need a new one, I can use it or I can uh, know how to put it on. It's just like an a, a Epoxy liquid, and he just moved it around on the screen all the way around. Mm-hmm. Let it dry for five minutes and wipe it off. And can you tell there's anything on there? I cannot. There's, all I see is smudges. Yeah, just my fingerprints. Yeah, yeah. It's insane. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not going to do it, but I could hit it with a hammer, and it would probably be okay. Yeah, I'm not going to hit it with a hammer. I need to. I, I need a new phone. I thought I was king shit when I got this. It's not a bad phone. It's, it's a it's a Galaxy probably twenty one. Oh, yeah. It's the one from last year. Is this last year? Yeah, I think so. If it's a 21, this is a 22. And this is a, the Ultra, so it's big as fuck. It's almost too big, to be quite honest. I don't think so. I, th- I think it's... I even like that one Shaq had. Shaq? Yeah, the the, 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 the the big stupid phone he had on that commercial. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. It's like a tablet. It was yeah. so fucking ridiculously well, big. Now they got the fold. I was kind of into that, but it has a big crease in the middle whenever you unfold. I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that at all. Soon they'll be, well, I'd say in 20 years, it'll be a contact lens. Hell, yeah. they have glasses now. Yeah. yeah. So in 15, 20 years, it'll be a oh, contact shit. lens. What, what has happened? I pulled... Your, those your headphones? Pull them out. I'm good. <laughs> Sorry. We'll be all right. My foot came down and yeah, caught it. It was so wild watching him do it because like, is he ruining my fucking phone? <laughs> but there's there's no sign that there's anything at all on the screen. That's nuts. It's insane. Can't believe that they trained somebody able to do that. It's you know, it's just easy. You squeeze it on there. He told me they tried it out with like a cheap phone that they were going to throw away anyway, and mm-hmm. they beat it with a hammer and said it took four or five whacks to get through. Nice. It's pretty wild. And it doesn't scratch. Does not scratch. Yeah, I definitely got to get that. Within like, I wonder if they could do that to my tablet. You could buy the buy the shit. Might have to buy two of them to fit on a tablet, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Though, could I go up there and have that done to my Kindle Fire? Probably. 
That would be a great idea. That you know that Kindle Fire Screeno is is sawn scratches still. Good. I've not put a single scratch on that thing. Good. Because I love it. Like I'll sit there and that's pretty much the only way I'll not I'll watch a new show now. Because I have the fucking good headphones on and I put it on. That's the only way I've watched Moon Knight. That's the only way. I have not caught the new episode. Though, I so. haven't watched it yet either. So. Actually, I didn't watch it two weeks in a row, I don't think. And then I just caught up last weekend. I, I did the same. I like it. I did. I don't know how I feel about it yet, but I like it. <laughs> I think that it's new. I like the fact that it's yeah, it's way different. Unrelated to anything Marvel. I like that. that. That's another path they know they have to go down now. That the street level characters are not going to be able to evolve in the cosmic events. They are unrelated. So yeah. the Moon Knights, the Punishers, the Daredevils, and stuff like that, to, to, to imagine them fighting with the Avengers is laughable. Yeah. I mean, even though we've got a Black Widow with no superhuman powers or anything, I've got guns. Like, great. And you can kick. But you have no cosmic powers. I mean, the whole thing, when you really sit down and break it down, is absurd. But, yeah, yeah I mean... Well, it's all absurd. Of course, yeah. but you know, like that is especially, you know. And Clint with, uh, I got to shoot Bo good. So. <laughs> but he had all kinds of crazy heroes. He did have tricks. Hawkeye was a great show, though. Yeah, it's pretty good. It was a good show. I liked it. Um, I like old Haley Stanfield, too. She awesome. does great. She. She hit the scene doing good. Fucking true grit, man. She Didn't she get an Oscar for that? I think she got nominated. She deserved every bit of it. I mean, um. I don't know. TV, I was reading something about uh, Stranger Things. You know it costs $30 million That's an what episode. I heard. <laughs> That's almost a billion dollars for this fucking... Isn't it's it? It's 10 episodes, right? Probably. Oh, no. Okay, then it's $300 million. Three, That's, that's half a, almost half a billion dollars. It's, it's, Over a quarter of a billion, anyway. It's going to be good. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, dude. Uh, like I said, it's got a After real... After that, might be canceling Netflix. Is What else? <laughs> well, but I think they know that. No. Uh, Hellraiser, it has a real Hellraiser vibe, like we've, we've talked about. That's going to be fucking something. Yeah, it looks... Uh, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for Ozark, the final season. I really need to get into that. The I started, final half of the season is dropping of the new... I guess this is the last season. Nice. It's dropping this Friday. It's really good. I've heard, and I like Jason Bateman. It's outlandish, but it's yeah. good. Laura Lenny's good. She's great. Um, she's in a great movie with Philip Seymour Hoffman. If you ever give it a shot, the savages. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie. They play brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Don't they? Yeah. I think I do remember it. I know I watched it. He had to put himself in that neck brace. Cause his neck was all fucked up. Yeah, I watched every Philip Seymour Hoffman movie. I'm pretty sure he was a great actor, man. Yeah. I mean, apparently his son's in the new Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Paul Thomas Anderson, that's a, uh, uh, the Royal Tenenbaums and all that stuff, right? No, that is Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Are they related? I doubt it. Okay. Speaking of that, though, I was watching Rushmore before I came over I here. watched it a couple weeks God ago. God damn, that movie's so fucking it's good. so stupid. Jason Schwartzman is so fucking hilarious. Yeah. What are you wearing there, buddy? There's their OR scrubs. Oh, are they? <laughs> <laughs> it's just delivered with such. That was in the trailer for that movie. Too. I know, but it's fucking just, it's such a good joke. And it's... um. It shows him doing all that shit like French club and all that stuff. Like that's a <laughs> well, no, this is after this is after he, uh, they say he's just like it's a sharp little guy. He's like he's one of the worst students we have. Yeah, in Rushmore. yeah. <laughs> and then showed him with all the extracurricular, all these <laughs> extracurricular French club, yeah. the fucking uh, fencing, yeah, debate club, <laughs> debate club. Um, 
Fuck. What? There were so many. The Yankee Rollers, they were like, go-kart, and he's sitting on his go-kart looking. <laughs> Those movies are shot so brilliantly. Yeah. I mean, they're just... The new one he did, uh, boy, what's it called? I haven't seen it. What is the new Wes Anderson movie? Let me look it up. God damn, what is it called? I just watched it a couple weeks ago. Is it good? Yeah, it's great. Is it as good as the other ones? Yeah, it's right in line with them. Awesome. I, haven't, I don't think I've seen the Fantastic Mr. Fox. I haven't seen that either. I really had no interest. Yeah, I'll probably watch it at some point. I'm, 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 when I like it, when, I, when I see Dispatch. it, I'm going to. Yes, okay. And I haven't seen Grand Budapest Hotel, I don't think. I've seen it. It's good. Isle of Dogs, I haven't seen. I haven't seen that one. I've seen Moonlight, Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise Kingdom. That's a pretty good or it's great, actually. Yeah. Darjeeling Limited, I'm not sure that I've seen. Darjeeling Limited was good, but it definitely wasn't his best movie. Like, I think his best movie I've ever... It's it's a toss-up. Uh, the Royal Tenenbaums is still probably my favorite. Yeah. I mean, it's just... I haven't he, seen The Life Aquatic. I've seen bits and pieces of that, which I liked. Bottle Rocket, I've seen it. Yeah. God, he wasn't even 30 years old when he did that movie, I don't think. I know. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Uh, he'd have been 30. He'd have, been, he'd have turned 30 in 1992. So, yeah, he'd have been 34. Good Lord. Um, What did Kim Jong-un accomplish? Or Kim Jong-il, that's what I was wondering. I was wanting to read a list of his accomplishments. Let me see here. All right, here it is. According to the official state literature, uh, Kim was born in 1942 in a log cabin at a secret base on Mount Paekdu in North Korea's most sacred mountain. His birth believed to have been prophesied by a swallow ignited a bright star in the sky that immediately changed the season from winter to spring and caused an awe-inspiring double rainbow to appear. Uh, Pyongyang media media outlets uh, reported in 1994 that Kim scored a record-breaking 34 or 38 under par in a regulation 18-hole golf course to achieve the amazing score. According to reports, he nailed 11 hole-in-ones. God. See, th- these these people <laughs> are a pox on humanity. I, I mean, they're just, aren't they? It's a dick. I love it. I mean, but it, this, okay. People look back. Okay. Th- th- this is where my, I used to shift into anger, but I'm not going to do that anymore. People look back at history and they hear some of the absurd shit that kings and queens and emperors and all that shit did. And they say, well, that's just ridiculous. It isn't. You're watching it. You know, it's like, yeah, you are, you are both, you know, you, if you allow, you know, again, I'm sorry, I'm not going to say his name. If you get that man back in power and he's allowed to stay, and he's allowed to do everything he wants to do. You are watching how an autocrat is, is born. You you are and you are helping that. So that thing that you whew, man, that was strong. <laughs> so that thing that you find so silly and absurd is going to happen in your lifetime. So you know, <laughs> Kim's image may or image may have been larger than life, but at roughly five foot three, he was not a large man. His penchant for platform shoes was widely believed to be linked to a height complex. It was also rumored that he only hired bodyguards shorter than himself so that he would always appear to be tall. Jesus Christ, how did he manage that? I don't know. Uh, To rid North Korea's gene pool of short people, it is said that he had his government distribute pamphlets advertising a wonder drug that would make people taller. 
Those who responded to the ad were reportedly exiled to a remote island. God, that's fucking nuts. Fuck. See, that's that's that. See, with Hitler, it was he was part Jewish. Yeah. There is so much self-loathing involved that they remove that thing from themselves. Oh, he could drive at age three. <laughs> There's one of them who said he could speak. Oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who ran Nexium. Uh, uh, they called him uh, Vanguard. Vanguard. Vanguard could could uh, speak complete sentences when he was two. Yeah. I mean, it's just like what? <laughs> See, they're all the same. They're all the uh, same. Kim Jong Il was really good at sports, according to. Rankers article in North Korean propaganda. The North Korean government claims that Kim Jong-il bowled a perfect 300. Supposedly, Kim bowled the perfect game at a bowling alley donated by a Korean businesswoman in 1994. This was the first time the North Korean leader had bowled, according to the Washington Post. Kim also broke a world record score on a North Korean golf course, according to Ranker. The government claims he got 11 holes in one and didn't score more than a birdie on any of the other holes. Why not come over and get on the tour then? Get in there with Tiger and mix it up. They're just, they're, they're ridiculous. He wrote more than 1,500 books. According to North Korean media, not only was Kim Jong-il an excellent sportsman, he was a prolific writer. Ranker reports that the government claims Kim Jong-il wrote more than 1,500 books. His official biography says he wrote all the books while attending the Kim Sung-il University, according to the Telegraph. See, they're what's known as, okay, what is it, uh, um, Christopher Hitchens came up with this one. And they actually did have these in South America where the current person is not who is actually revered. It's the person before them and they're worshiping a dead person. Yeah. It's uh, some kind of. uh, According to Korea, Kim Kim Il Sung Mm -hmm. is still the dear leader. Right. Kim Jong Il was like the prime minister. Right. Uh, whenever his dad died, and now Kim Jong Un is the prime minister. But I would it's just, still, it's still the old guy that's dead, been dead for fifty years. Kim Jong Un is such a disgusting looking person. He's lost a lot of weight. You shut your mouth. No, I'm not talking about. He's, he's doing keto. I'm just talking that the way he looks. That, oh, the Asian. That, that disgusting. No, <laughs> that nasty, disgusting, fucking sneering way as look at everything. You can just tell he's just like. A loathsome. He just looks like he sucks. Soulless. He looks being. like the rich kid that everybody would just use to uh, hang would hang out with him because he had, he had a pool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Official North Korean biographies say Kim was walking at three weeks old and talking at eight weeks old. However, according to Parents Magazine, babies begin taking their first steps when they're nine to fifteen months, and they only start forming words, words and sounds are at two to three months. Uh, talking coherently should show up. By 15 months, Parents Magazine says, with that in mind, the North Korean government's version of events doesn't, you're taking it as if it's supposed to be real. I mean, come on. Well, that's, that's obvious, obvious sarcasm. He could drive at three. That's obvious sarcasm. Come on. Kim Jong-il, un, excuse me, excelled. Oh, now we're moving on to Kim Jong-un. Excelled in arts as a child. The government claims that uh, as a young boy, Kim Jong-un was particularly good at painting. When he wasn't painting masterpieces, he was composing musical scores, according to the Telegraph. These claims about Kim Jong-un are part of the curriculum in North Korean schools. God, that's so crazy. I need to convince people how great I am. That's what I should do. Kim Jong-il powers. There's powers. 
What is he a fucking? Is he one a, a mutant? Is he one of the X Men? <laughs> he might be. What if he shows up in <laughs> in the uh, Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange movie? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling out all the stops, Sam Raimi. <laughs> uh, ten weird facts. I love these. It's probably going to be the same ones I've already read. Divine birth, of course. Fear of flying. Perhaps one of the reasons North Korean leader was so reclusive was his fear of flying, which he inherited from his father, Kim Il-sung. Kim rarely traveled abroad, and when he did, it was by train, uh, once taking luxury rail car all the way to Moscow. In August, the Global Post reported that Kim visited Russia for talks with President Dmitry Medvedev in an effort to shore up for a transfer of power to his third son, Kim Jong-un. Kim's preference for rail travel is poignant because his death reportedly occurred during a train journey uh, to a region outside of the capital. Wow. Propaganda. He wanted to breed giant rabbits. German media reports reported in uh, 2007 that Kim hoped to solve the famine in his country by breeding giant rabbits. An East German farmer who bred rabbits the size of dogs was apparently asked by North Korea to help set up a big bunny farm to alleviate food shortages. To get things going, he said, sent a batch of 12 giant rabbits to North Korea, but was shocked to hear that they were eaten at Kim's birthday banquet that year. <laughs> uh, he liked to eat roast donkey. Hmm. High achiever. Of course, we've heard all about the sports. Built a city for propaganda. In the 50s, Kim built an entire city called uh, Kyongdong. Sounds right. Uh, also known in North Korea as the Peace Village, which uh, was designed only for propaganda. It is uh, situated in the north half of the Korean demilitarized zone. And to this day, it has no residents. Western media, particularly in South Korea, refer to it as Propaganda Village. That is so crazy that uh, China's kind of doing the same thing. You know what I mean? What is it now? Building entire cities just for the look of them and not letting anybody live in them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Let's do favorite things. I'm tired of talking about uh, Kim Jong-un. Yeah. Or Il. Or son. I'm tired of talking about them all. All pissed fuck. Favorite things, episode three seventy eight. What do you got? Rock hard cock. See, all my drops came back. Oh, God. Uh, made it all the way over. My here. pussy. <laughs> ah, feels good, man. Is that salmon? Is that salmon? A <laughs> uh, redheaded gay guy. <laughs> I want to marry my fart. You want to marry your fart? <laughs> I want to marry my fart. <laughs> I remember what that episode was. It's talking about Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. Where Stimpy had that it's stupid. It was it's stinky. Like, he, it's God. That fucking idiot went just completely off at the end of that show. Um, Did he? Show about uh, weird dogs or whatever they were. Rats? Well, no. I mean, it, it was, it, well, a cat and a dog. 
Yeah. Stampy was a cat and ran as a chihuahua. Never watched it. I mean, I know. No, the first few episodes were funny. I mean, I'm, but the guy was a pedo. And, you know, everybody's was, a pedo in all. No, he really was. Yeah. There's a whole documentary about it. I can't wait to watch it. Um, his name's John Kay, and he's John Crick Faluzzi was his name. Hmm. And he groomed like this young girl who's going to be on a show. I mean, it's, it's a really disgusting story. Uh, he's, and rightfully, he's been vilified. Um, anyway. Favorite things this week. Uh, I've been reading the uh, Earthsea books. I was a big fantasy fan, and I determined that now that I have thrift books, which I don't have, it's a site, but there's also used bookstores that you go to. Well, no, but that's what thrift book is. Yeah. These, these are from like. Don't live- you want to go feel around? Well, no, I can get anything I want. Don't you just want to go, though? To a bookstore? Yeah. Sure. Like but they're gonna pay, they're gonna pay well, they're gonna make me pay they're not gonna have the books that I want. They yeah, might have not. Stephen King book. I mean, I I am I'm in the market to buy all my favorite writers' books. I've got Dan Simmons now. I'm gonna start, you know, collecting all the Stephen King books I like. Dan Brown. <sighs> Don't get me started about Dan fucking Brown. He is horrendous. I've never read him. I just oh, know he's it's the guy that wrote fucking this. garbage. I mean, it's so bad. But anyway. And Ron Howard making movies about it. It's just dumb. And Tom Hanks being in them. What a piece of shit. Well, I like Tom Hanks, but, you know, it's just, you know, why do that, Tom? I mean, your career's money. Pretty great. He doesn't need it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> He's got to be worth a billion dollars. He's got to be getting close. Yeah, I mean, I like looking that up. Anyway, um, I started reading in fantasy the Earthsea books, Ursula K. Le Guin, and they are definitely not my standard fare. I mean, you know the books I get. Look at that. Yeah, it's a little bit thin. Right. So this is the first one, just called A Wizard of Earthsea. And she, for one thing, there's a quality that she has that other fantasy writers either have or don't. Tom Hanks should be worth approximately $400 million. Yeah, halfway there. Pretty good. Um, Five foot two? Bullshit. <laughs> Six foot. Okay. <laughs> um, there's a There's a quality that they have that Sometimes when they're describing things, even the best fantasy writers, the best around with names, you know, and stuff like that sound ridiculous. Yeah. It just sounds dumb. It's kind of in the job description. I understand, but there is a select group of writers. George R. R. Martin is one of those. Um, Tolkien usually is too, because he invented the genre. Um, But there is times where he goes off into stuff and it's like, man, that just sounds like fucking nerd shit. You know, Ursula K. Le Guin never sounds like that. Really? She, I don't know what, how she's able to conjure it, but it just feels epic without being, for one thing, overworded. Her longest book I've read now is 220 pages. So, and there's a point. They're to the point. There's a lot of backstory to it, but she just kind of mentions it and goes. There's not any, any not reason to over explain exactly because like she'll mention a name of something and be like, that sounds really cool. But that's actually a quality that I try to inject in my writing because that makes people it gives a sense of age and and like uh, Martin does that a lot when he'll mention uh, a family's history, like in passing or something like that, and how they. You know, he's, dude, whatever you want to say about him, him not hitting deadlines, I don't care. The guy is peerless when it comes to building a fantasy world. He is, his world is like, just like I said, without peer. I mean, it's fucking amazing. But she is so good, and she's such a good writer. And some of the things I like best about her are 
just the way she writes passages. I mean, all right, listen to this. This is near the end of the first book of Wizard of Earthsea. Um, In utter silence, the shadow wavering turned and fled. Upwind it went northward. Upwind Ged's boat followed, that's the main character. Shadow speed against Magecraft. The rainy gale against them both. And the young man yelled to his boat, to the sail and the wind and the waves ahead, as a hunter yells to his hounds when the wolf runs in plain sight before them. And he brought into that spell woven a sail, a wind that would have split any sail of cloth and drove his boat over the sea like a scud of blown foam, closer always to the thing that fled. Hmm. That is fucking perfect. That is a perfect bit of writing. It is epic. It is. It tells the tale while making you feel this giant thing is happening, and it does it in a paragraph. Yeah, and I don't even know what's going on. It sounds pretty cool to me. This one is great. This one is like, this was the description of the the main character. His name, his real name is Ged, but then he, people call him Sparrowhawk because in this world, magic is based on knowing the names of things. If you know that something's name, you can control it. So. Revealing your name to somebody is inadvisable unless you really trust them because then they can use they can use it to control you. You know, it's a beautiful magic system. It's also way ahead of its time. Uh, there are hardly any white skin characters in this. Hmm. Um, the, I'm one, out. <laughs> the ones that are a warrior, a warrior group of people who live in these in this distant place and they're described as savages and stuff. Like that. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, then in this one. Let's see, I've got it. I've got pages marked in all these books. Um, she's also her grasp of philosophical things in books and in 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 messages is. I've never read a fantasy writer better than her. Um, here's a good one. What she had begun to learn was a weight of liberty. Freedom is a heavy load, a great and strange burden for the spirit to undertake. It's not easy. It's not a gift given, but a choice made, and the choice may be a hard one. The road goes upward toward the light, but the laden traveler may never reach the end of it. Hmm. That's beautiful. And that's, you know, and each book has its theme. This book is about a man's battle with the darkness in himself that he unleashes through his own envy and all the small things of being man, especially somebody who's so powerful can unleash that thing because the darkness in them is is commensurately, as, I think I'm using that word, as powerful as the thing that's in them. You know, their greatness also has a shadow that's just as great as they are. Yes. So, um in this one, it's about a world where choice is, is not, is, even though this girl is. Use the word, right? Okay, I thought I did. Um, the girl is not given a choice in these things, but she's not, neither given freedom. I mean, that doesn't sound, that sounds, you know, what I'm saying is she's born into this rich lifestyle, but she has no freedom. She doesn't want for food. She doesn't want for shelter. She doesn't want for any of these things, but she doesn't get to do what she wants to do with her life. She is a slave to this royalty. She's also a slave to a culture that has lost what it, you know, it's, it's this thing where they go through these nonsense rituals that they have no idea why they do them anymore because it's just, you know, people being people and they're dumb and they just were going to do things that have no rhyme or reason because that's what they've always done. Sort of like how, like, um, anytime you hear like a celebrity, that's a millionaire multi like a Will Smith or somebody complaining, People are like, oh, you keep crying, you little whiny baby. Mm. You got millions of dollars, but it's not fun. You don't get to be yourself. No, 
And you always have to be on that guard. The third book that I'm finishing, I'll be finished with by tomorrow, is called The Farthest Shore. As far as I can tell, it's about a world like ours. I mean, she's able to. All these things I recognize from our world, the darkness in oneself and fighting it once it's released, to bring it back in yourself and say, this is part of me, and I'm going to embrace both parts to become who I am. Ged's journey to become the Archmage, who is the most powerful person in this the world of earth sea but he had he unleashed this awful thing that destroyed killed people did awful things and he had to go and chase it and fight it and finally face it it chased him until he turned around and chased it back and then it ran from him so that's that that metaphor is easy to decipher but it's also put so beautifully that it hits you right in the stomach and you're like man that's just brilliant and i love i read her books in a day essentially this one is about the the magic going out of the world and people trading it for immortality. Basically, it's saying it's it's everybody's wanting to live forever, but then trading quality of life and the magic of life for that immortality. It's what it is. Again, beautiful, simple concept, put so beautifully by a perfect fantasy writer. I think Ursula K. Le Guin is still living, if I'm not mad, if I'm not mistaken. And um, it, and even if she isn't, she's died. I think fairly recently. But um, she is, and I don't think she gets as much respect as Tolkien. They haven't they haven't made these into a movie or a show yet. No, let me see. She died in 2018, January 27. Okay, I thought it was recently. Portland, Oregon. Uh, yeah, she was. Uh, and they have not made these into a series or a movie or anything yet. That's not true. Sci-fi did something, and it was for what sci-fi could do was good but putting a bunch of money into it and then keeping the spirit of the thing the stories in the world and all that and all that fantasy crap is important but she was the first to admit that the overall theme and and essence of the story is what's important the battle of ged with this awful dark thing in himself and then embracing it you know all that stuff so the lathe of heaven yeah. Released in 1980, directed by David Loxton and Fred Barzik, starring Kevin Conway, Bruce Davidson, and Margaret Avery is available on DVD. That is a... That is a... That's not the Earthsea book. Yeah, but it's an adaptation of Ursula K. Le Guin. It is. So, but I'm saying... Yeah. That I'm talking about this series. Earthsea miniseries, a reply to some yeah, famous... sci-fi. Yeah. ...involved in the development of the material... Or the... the uh, Studio Ghibli produced a really beautiful... Earth sea cartoon, but it lost the essence of the thing. For one thing, they made Ged white. You can't do that. Ged is a man of is a person of color. Um, I would think that he's described. Really, really did make one, uh, and it's like one of their lowest rated. And they don't make bad films. I mean, they just don't. Um, but I, 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 that's been a favorite thing. Uh, getting back into Dan Simmons, uh, reading uh, Ilium. I just reached. Uh, a great part of that book where um, the more of X who are these robots that are living from, they re- were once connected to humanity and now they've gone out to the stars and have like, they're on uh, Europa, which is one of the, uh, you know, one of the moons, of, I think uh, Saturn or, or Jupiter. A lot of people think that might be where we end up. Europa. Yeah. Well, it has oceans of water. Yes. Giant oceans of water. Yes. So they have terraformed it to, so they can live there. 
because they still have organic parts. And one of the Moravex has this sub called the Dark Lady, and he's going through these awful, and there's these giant squids chasing him. You know, it just seems like a horrifying place. Squids are disgusting. Yeah, well, I mean, they're just, but they're so different of a creature, you know what I mean? So stupid. Um, I love them. Oh, shit. Got a massive leg cramp. That's crazy. Anyway, um, they were going to go check out Earth or Mars. Actually, they're going to check out Mars. And I told you about this. They got slingshot into the the uh, orbit, and they're and they're positioning themselves to where, to where they're going to come. And then all of a sudden, this chariot shows up, and this god just points at him and cuts the fucking ship in half mm. and kills three of them. There's five of them and kills three of them like right off the bat. So uh, the one is left alive. I mean, it's just it's a fascinating. It's one of those the series didn't wrap up well, but it's it's um, what is this? Giant squids. Holy shit. They finally got a picture of one. Well, now they got video and everything. Abyss of the ocean. A leviathan lurks in wait of its next meal. Suction cups. How they're horrifying. The enormous eyes of the giant squid and the sharp-toothed suckers that line its feeding tentacles make this a formidable predator, able to snatch prey from up to 33 feet away. God damn. It has eight arms coated in two-inch-wide toothed suckers that guide prey from the feet. A lot of people think they're not even from here. Yeah, same thing with octopus. Yeah. Octopus. Yeah. They're from the same family. Like this, they're cephalopods. With rows of teeth. They got beaks. It's so weird. With one foot in diameter. Wait, no, I don't think they're cephalopods. I think they're... In the world. A powerful what are they? The He's got a missile for a head. Allowing this cephalopod yeah, and, the, and there is a cephalopod. Uh, that means uh, brain foot. Um, they've got they've got jets. They suck in water so they can yeah. repel it behind them. That's fucking amazing, you know. Whales are. Sperm whales are a fucking... The, the scariest part about it is is that the whales we have now, they used to have one almost as big as the blue whale that was a predator. Jesus. Yeah, and it was... It ate other whales. Like, it, like and there was also megalodons back then that, that those whales preyed upon. You know, it's just... Yeah, it, like I said, there's a book called the uh, Seas of Can- uh, Seas of Kansas, Sea of Kansas, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's about the shallow sea that was over most of the Midwest <laughs> at, at, at a period in history. It was a terrifying place. It had all these awful creatures in it. You know, these giant predators. Like I think twelve species of shark that were all predators. You know, giant species of whales. Giant. You know, these things that are now extinct, but gave rise to other things by the way the sharks back then are not related to the sharks now i mean it's just that's evolution working for you there's a niche something will step in there and take it and that's what's called uh i think it's called niche evolution where something if there's a gap something will fill it you know so um so crazy i know uh so the earth sea books um uh dan simmons um Oh, uh, oh, the biggest thing is getting to see Annie play. Oh, yeah. Where'd you go? Uh, we went to Dayton. Dayton. A fun town in Ohio. No, it sucks. It's terrible. Um, With that kind of attitude. It was not It was not a good town. I mean, but we had Annie. 
you know, she's with uh, Motor City Percussion, which they were in this, you know, this big concert, and they all dress like Blue Man Group, and they're, you know, and Annie is so good at it. Like, she's, you know, I'm amazed at how talented she is. You know, it's percussion, you know, it's a lot of, t- it's timing, it's everything. And yes. she, and she's like, like, right there in front of the crowd. Like, she's one of the featured, you know, she's one of the youngest. And, you know, she's just, and we all got to see her play and it was, um, it was just the, we got to see her, her grandmother got to see her. Hell yeah. Um, it was just, it was the best thing. And, and anytime I get to see her is, is, you know, the, is great. How long do they perform for? I think the performance was about 10 minutes. Um, it's really, it was like a festival of some sort. Yeah. There were literally P, uh, uh, groups from all over the, the country. It is a world championships, but I didn't see any foreign, uh, you know, non-American groups. Well, no, there, there was Canada. There was a group from Canada. They don't count. Uh, well, yeah, they're just Americans. Um, they're polite Americans. Yeah. <laughs> um, she did great. They did great. They got, but they got this. They they ran. They they score them like really technically. Yeah. You know what I mean. So they got like next to last, but they made it into the finals. You know, because there were a bunch of people who were eliminated before, and then they made it into the finals. But they they were crowd favorite. Like people cheer them and go to see them play. You know, we went to see them in a high school. Like I said, I went like last month, and. I thought everybody would take their kids and leave when the, when the high school groups are done playing. No, they all stayed to see Motor City Percussion play because all the kids wanted to see them play. You know, it's like the, something that the kids aspire to be in, and my daughter is in it, and she's it's pretty neat. Yeah, so and she does really good. Um, so that was the the biggest thing. So fuck yeah, dude. Um, watched a documentary series on HBO Max called The Invisible Pilot. I actually saw the uh, the picture for that. What's that about? It's about a uh, pilot, a man who and he decides, can't be seen, and he decides to become a pilot, <laughs> and he doesn't like uh, being a working stiff. Like, and he had all. He's like a a fucking man of many talents. Like who's like a talented Mister Ripley type, like almost a, a grifter type dude. Is he a cocaine smuggler? It's where he ended up. He's the pilot. He's the pilot. he's a pilot from Blow. Yeah, he was. He's uh, not Johnny Depp's character, but the pilot. Well, he's not. He's not Boston George. He's the no. guy who was flying it. Yeah, right. Pretty sure yeah. he, they, that is at least based on that guy. Right. Faked his death because the cops were coming after him because he was getting into some shit and disappeared for ten years. Kids think he's dead. Everybody thinks he's dead. His wife is the only person that knows, and she keeps her fucking mouth shut. Disappears for ten Hell years. Uses assumed names, starts smuggling, best pilot anybody's ever seen, starts smuggling, and eventually he's smuggling cocaine and arms, taking arms down south, bringing cocaine back for the CIA. <laughs> so he's a, he's not a scumbag. I mean, I don't want to use that word, but he kind of is, and he's working for the United States He's government. like, well, I didn't like doing it, but it paid a lot of money, and I didn't want to. And he's still alive. Yeah. And he's not he's in jail. Right now. Not, he's spent some time in jail. I'm not sure. But not he started much. talking. Right. He started talking. And they're like, hey, man, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Ollie North, all that shit. Yeah. He was right in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. All of it. And like, it would show clips of Reagan. We've never knowingly sent weapons to the Sandy. And he'd say bullshit. And, and yeah. he was like, I knowingly took weapons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like in his late 70s, maybe early 80s by now. Looks great. Long head of hair, I'm betting. Uh, no, just, hippie, it, hippie type looking. No, guy. he is a hippie, but he's yep. just. 
he said he likes smoking weed and getting hammered with his new wife and so the wife who didn't say anything for 10 years he's not with it he couldn't stay together that's amazing know. yeah but i'm sure she's paid like he gave her a fuck ton of money i'm sure yeah it's just a very interesting story it's a three-part documentary series hour piece it's a, it's a good one to go over well they talked about that in blow they're talking about the pilot like how he's yeah. this he's like now this guy is the guy you know what i mean and he's great at this let me look up see what his name is god damn visible pilot and what was his name uh gary betzner the the description of the show is pilot gary betzner unexpectedly commits suicide but the mystery surrounding his death deepens and unfurls a caper filled tale involving a world of drug smuggling gun running and a covert war conducted at the highest level of the u.s government and it is it is all exactly that yeah it is insane what this guy did fucked up his kids fucked up his family fucked up his kids yeah because he they thought he was dead for 10 years well of course he's not gonna have a relationship with him yeah not a good one they're they're trying i guess they're doing their best it's a very why didn't he like tell his ex-wife you know and how ex-wife like look tell the kids i'm gonna send you guys money and i know i can't make up for this but they're gonna have the best life and you know, then we can. I'm sure he did. Then we can money. figure it out when I when I can pop back up, because you know you can fake your own death, and you, if you pop up a certain amount of years later, it's not illegal. The statute of limitations has has ended. You know that, right? People it's, do that. Yeah, he was a crop dust pilot. That was right. What his main main job was. Apparently, um, that's really dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Because you got to fly so low. Oh yeah. Um, she did describe having to go to certain places to pick up money, like. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I, sure I would have to be here at a certain time every week. The password would change or something I'm like sure that. I'm sure it was lots of money too. I'm sure she was doing Millions. fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. She probably just kept a job to, for appearances. Yeah. But man, they trace that. I mean, you'd have to keep it. It's like, it's like on breaking bad, you know, that fucking, that it's fucking storage room, that storage room full of money. And yeah, she the, just, and she's just like, you know, I love that scene. She was, I think she was a great actress, but I think she's sh- really shown in that scene. She's just like, you know, just so monotone. She's like, I put it here. She's like, I gave up trying to count it. It's all here. I tried to do it by weight, but you know, it's <laughs> within a certain amount, you know, that's what fucking blow. They had so much money in that house that there were rooms stacked with money and they were arguing. He's like, I'm not counting this fucking shit. He's like, a million is 10 pounds. A million five is 15 pounds. You know, just like they're arguing about it. I was sitting there going, guys, you know what you could do with all that money for, for people who need it. You know, it's, you know, I'm always a Robin hood complex. Like, yeah. How much money do you need to live? Figure out what you can live on least and have all your, even your biggest comforts, right? Yeah, have a good time. Right. But then give the rest away. Be like, I don't need any more. There you go. You know, it's just, I don't so know. Wild. May, it might change when I got money. I don't think it would. I really don't think it would. It might change a little bit. You can't give it all away. Why if you only get one lump sum? You don't know how long you're going to I'm live? talking about fuck you money. Oh, I'm talking about hundreds of millions. Yes. I'm not talking about a few million dollars. I'm talking about, you know, winning the billion dollar lottery and taking home five hundred million dollars. Who are you giving you it to? You can't spend that. But who are you going to give it to? And how are how do you know they're going to spend it wisely? That's the biggest. I don't problem. care how they spend it. That's none of my business. Like, okay, let's break it down. I get the five hundred million, right? A hundred million of it goes to Annie in the bank. Boom, that's hers. 
never has to work. Her kids don't have to work. None of that stuff. I don't give a shit about people saying, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, we've been poor long enough. Yeah. We should be rich for a while and fuck you. You know, so it's like um, the 400 million I give each cousin a million dollars. I gave both my brothers a few million dollars. I give my mom like 10 to 15, you know, um, then it's businesses. All right. Well, I want to build this. I want to build this, you know, go to Fayetteville. I want the theater. I want to build, you know, I want to gut it. I want to put in a, I don't know if I can fit an IMAX in there. Probably not, but I want to get the, there's, you could go that plaza's got room for an IMAX think, up there by Walmart. Yeah. No, I'm talking about the theater in town. Mm, probably not. No, but I might be able to do one of those LDX in there. Maybe probably. Okay. Put one of those in there, you know, fucking brass, red carpets, get you know, a movie theater. Here's one of the things I'd like to do <laughs> and get real to real projectors and show old movies during the week. That and, would be nice. And on the weekends show the big releases, right. one theater. Yeah. One theater mm-hmm. showings at this time, this time, this time, this time. Absolutely. And then you're out and hot dogs and beer and all the crap. Absolutely. Not, not just, uh, Popcorn. popcorn and candy see you're speaking my language this yeah. is this is and higher we, we had one like this in morgantown except for it was an old it was a literally an old school theater the warner theater right old uh, you could get beer dogs burgers whatever you want there you go the fucking projector broke down while me and my buddies were watching monsters ball in there one time <laughs> it's a great movie theater great going see, to an and old those, school are, movie those are the best those are the best feeling where you have um you get like high school kids who need a job. You get them the bow tie and the jacket and all that stuff and do it old school, like the eighties movie theater. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, that's a business um, music studio for you. Uh, music studio for John, uh, you know, uh, arcade and stuff for Aaron and Elena, you know, just all that stuff. And, and if I do win big, feel free to call me out on this stuff. Now, I mean, you're describing exactly what I would do. Um, pretty much almost to the T, but, uh, what about, uh, what I, I was thinking you were just going to keep it and distribute it amongst your f- friends and family and then mm-hmm. give the rest of it to charity. That's where, that's where I get worried because I don't know what they're doing with it. Well, that's or the, the government. Thing. I don't know. I don't trust these people. That's the thing. Do, I don't, good thing I don't believe in charities really. I mean, I do. And of course they would get a chunk, but what I like Shriners got to find the right one with the kids. You know, yeah. I mean, I can't watch those cancer commercials and not contribute. Yeah. I mean, so I'll do that. Um, but it's going to be build my community. You know, if, if, if people build their communities in those communities, it's like we talked about a bad community. Bad community is a cancer. It so spreads. is a good community. Yeah. So it, it's yeah, it spreads out. So I built a theater in Fayetteville. It takes off. People want to come there more. You know, the, the gorge is there. People want to go to the gorge all day, come home in the evening, watch a movie, go to their hotel, you know, whatever. That's a guaranteed moneymaker. Like Fucking guaranteed. Tarantino has a theater that he shows – uh, real to real actual film. He wants to keep the 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 artistry of that alive. Yeah, I appreciate that, but I would have digital. I would have both. It's just that the real to real are so. For one thing, I would have to hire. Well, I mean, I could hire a a skilled projectionist. Is a is a somebody I would pay a hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, so you're a terrible businessman. I know. <laughs> I'm awful. That's because I'm so generous. They would be stunned. They'd be like, yeah, okay. (laughs) I only play one movie. All right. One movie a week. But here's the proviso. You have to spend your money in town and you have to buy a house in town. 
Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying they would have to spend their money in town. I'm just saying, I'm just like, help. I would tell them, can, this is our community. We love it here. Then the Golly Bridge, they're next in line. You know, build some stuff there. Got some business, got the main street, build some stuff, businesses. And, and I guarantee that if you inject some money in there and get the town looking nice and stuff, the hippies and stuff will come. They'll come down the mountain. They'll, you know, the, the, the the gorge the, the national park has really given this place given this place i don't know if you've noticed this a shot in the fucking arm we're already taken off like and i feel like around here sky's the limit you know if you want to and i feel golly bridge could really just take off and be a great community again i mean i would i would be really on board for that you know so you know um anyway <laughs> It's a great Sorry. little documentary series. Unlike Netflix, it was the perfect amount of time. Netflix would have made it 12 episodes somehow. Yeah, they do that. Um, uh, what rewatched the Batman. Still great. Yeah. Still love it. Um, one thing I do, I love about it is there's only one noticeable bit of CGI noticeable. Mm-hmm. And whenever he's flying in the bat suit. Yeah. And it makes up for it by him eating it. On the under, <laughs> under side of that bridge, it, it, it had. I mean, it had some. I mean, like I said, I I really liked it. I didn't quite love it. So, I, I mean, I think it's setting up something good because in the beginning, he's I, he's the brutal. I must. I have to scare everybody into being good, mm-hmm. and he real by the end, he's realizing that that's not the way to be. Calling himself vengeance, he's mm-hmm. not even the Batman yet. Um, vengeance isn't exactly the way to go. Right, you gotta build people up a little bit. Well, it's like it 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 does take a uh. There is a Alex Ross. Uh, he did a series of one shots. We've talked about this before. For each uh DC character, he and for each each one of them, the hundred percent of the proceeds went to the charity that he chose. Alex Ross is a class fucking act, man. For Batman, it was Batman War on Crime, and it was, you know. They finally address the fact that he's going into, you know, lower income neighborhoods and beating people up for things. And he and then at the end, he doesn't do that anymore. He starts going out. He get, there's a guy who's who's a, a corporate scumbag who's going raiding this town. He has him arrested at the end. It's fucking great. It's a great scene. And he's looking at him and he's just like, and it's got the the best thing about Batman are the internals. You know, the the internal monologue. He's just like he's like this guy is so disgusting. This is what I probably would have been had my parents not been shot and he's just and, and that's the thing he's talking about he's just like he's like it's odd how life can do that to you he's like i would not have had my drive all this stuff had my parents not been shot yeah turn me into what i am Being you know? a completely different guy so and then all the proceeds from that went to inner city programs and helping you it was like one charity but i can't remember what it was so um what else um elon musk is buying twitter I don't know if that's a favorite thing, but it's, I don't, it's just a thing. What's he doing that for? Because um, they do a lot of censorship and a lot of uh, a lot of uh, dampening of things that aren't along with the main corporate narrative. Yeah, like a guy like me, if I decide to actually speak my mind on there, I don't. I just repost things that I think are funny, which is probably the best use of social media. Right. Um, would get uh, maybe banned or shadow banned or not have my shit promoted or whatever. Right. And um, they do it with a lot of right-wing people. They do it with a lot of left-wing people, too, that are 
not quite along with the orthodoxy completely. Right. Um, and maybe he just wants another thing. I don't know exactly why he's doing it, to be quite honest. Uh, he, he strikes me as a, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think about him. He's a bit of a weirdo. Yeah. Um, I was trying to find some panels of this Batman War on Crime to show you. Because uh, you're such a Batman guy that you'll. One other favorite thing. Um, there's a good one. Hell yeah. That's, That's very good. The, the, one of the storylines is that this kid, this black kid, his parents get killed. Hmm. And then he, at the end, I think he shows him who he is. And he takes the hood off. He's like, my name's Bruce. And he, you know, starts talking to him. I mean, it's. Um, other favorite things. Um, got a disc golf tournament coming up this Saturday. And 36 holes, four different courses. That ought to be fun. Um, can't think of anything other than playing disc golf and hopefully getting to record some music soon. It's hard to get things lined up. Everybody's busy and old. Well, we got Aaron and Elena have the kid. Um, you know, I'm got my daughter in relationship and, you know, they're neither one in town, unfortunately. And, you know, you've got music. So, it's, well, that's what I'm talking about. It's harder for me and JMO to get, cause we just want to go play disc golf. And then by the time we're done playing disc golf, we, we don't, don't feel, feel like, like playing. Yeah, trying to record. Well, music. you have to designate a day. I know. I mean, that's what we're going to do this day. And then this, you know, disc golf is great. I mean, I'm and it's a you know great outdoor activity and all that stuff. But at the same time, you know, if you want to, I'm I'm an ironic choice, you know, to be saying this. But you need to tone. You need to uh, designate time to do something. The person, the person who can't. I'm going to take that with me, by the way. i got to type registration up so we can get that done. It's just hard to, for us to get lined out because you don't want to do it in the morning. Right. Music. That's So we go play disc golf, but by the time we're done with that, we're all very tired. Um, it'll get done, though, eventually. I'm thinking maybe Friday evening and then Sunday. Those those days could work. Um, trying to think of other things that I've seen or enjoyed. Um over the past couple weeks now. Did you see the Reese Darby show, the the pirate show? I saw a couple episodes. It's fucking hilarious. Those were very good. Yeah. I just, for some reason, haven't gone back to it. There's just, dude, that's one of the, the dangers of today. I've noticed this. There's too much. There's, there's way too, too much. much. I mean, it's paralysis too, by analysis. Yeah, there's too much choice. Every day, there, it's, it's like being in Blockbuster, but except for whenever you went to Blockbuster, you go once, maybe twice a week. Or even, and there was even know. a limitation of choice. Yeah, yeah, you only had a few. You had a hundred things you could choose from. Sure. Now you have literally thousands. And, uh, well, really, infinite. you have anything of all of all time. Exactly. So, and you don't even uh, YouTube need, will suck you in. Uh, sure, but you, when I need to start laying out parameters for things, like okay, I'm going to watch. You know, pick one and do this. You know, like for a while I was trying to do. Well, I'm going to watch all the Ken Burns stuff. So. I was succeeding. Like I had watched all of the Civil War, like rewatched it again. Um, had started on baseball, and it's a great one, man. But it's hard to, you know. I was watching it at work, you know, for a while, and it didn't. You know, that's not a good idea. I mean, it was when I was on the off shifts. That's okay, you know. If you're on midnight shift, it's you know, some people sleep, you know, but. And you can't blame them because a lot of them work extra hours. You know, it's not being lazy. It's just, you know, being up all that time. And, you know, I, I get it. But I would choose. I was like, well, I got to stay awake. I need something to hold my interest. I would put the 
sometimes took my candle with me, put the candle up, watch something, you know, they knew I was doing my job. They don't, they're yeah. cool, but, um, you know, baseball's not a, it's not something to keep you awake. Though. Well, it's, it is interesting. Like the history of baseball, you know, they said Abner double day created that's bullshit. It didn't really happen. Um, um, you know, the, the taking you through rounders and how that became, you know, cricket and how that combined into baseball and then the, the, the crazy amount of leagues. And then, you know, the, the, you know, they, they still call it in the national league, the beer and whiskey league. I'm not sure. Or the, or the American league is the beer and whiskey league. It sounds more like the American league because one of them was known for being high class people. And then the other one served the working class, you know, especially, you know, uh, the Red Sox being, you know, a lot of Irish population. They were, you know, the Royal Rooters, they were coming, you know, drink and getting fights and you know all kinds of shit so yeah, it sounds more like the american league, the beer <laughs> the beer and whiskey um, description um i can't think of anything else really um uh, very tired me too being tired is gay it hmm. is not fun beer and whiskey league is the American. The American. Yeah, it seems league. more like yeah. them. It, it turned into the um the American League. Right on. Um other things that I've enjoyed. Um I'm actually getting better at disc golf. Not good yet. But like as far as my throwing, I'm I'm able to throw it a lot farther now. Mm-hmm. My putting is still very bad. I'm losing four or five strokes sometimes just because I miss a short dick of 15-foot putt. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's one of those things, man. I mean, you're only going to get so good at something that's a pastime. If you really want to be great at it, then you're going to have to pick one. You know, It's the essential thing of I had finally come to the – realization that I just wanted to be strong. So I started powerlifting. Mm-hmm. That's what I do, you know, and you know, you can't, you can generalize, but you're not going to be great at one thing. So, you know, well, I, I don't think I'm ever going to be great at it. You I, could, I think I'd be pretty good at it. You got um, good, good strength, good hand-eye coordination. You, you know, it's just the freaking putting. I don't spend enough time practicing. Then you need to just go and, I should buy a bath. But, you know, it's like, yeah, just do that. Have one where you could just, because then, you know, that just starts to be second nature. You know, yeah, you that's the big, that's the problem. And I changed the way I put, I, w- I wasn't getting it to the basket the way I was doing it. So I changed it a little bit. Just got to get it over the rim. That's the biggest problem is getting it over the rim. Above the rim. Like, yeah, you know, like I get Tupac. the yips and the, the yips, everybody's had them in whatever sport, What's especially with your, things where you throw like the yips is like your wrist will twitch or something like um mm-hmm. there was a time when i had the yips in baseball and i played first base and uh, we get somebody at first base and i couldn't throw the ball back to the pitcher mm-hmm. unless i threw it a little bit hard because if i tried to loft it back there to him my wrist would twitch and it would just go over his head mm-hmm. yeah i couldn't play catch essentially right and i get that sometimes whenever i'm putting um, I bet Aaron gets it sometimes when he's bowling. 
Sure. Any kind of throwing sport, it's some it's a mental thing that happens in your wrist that makes it twitch a little bit or not do like I've I've putted before, and you, I bring my hand forward to snap the disc, and I just let go. My wrist mm-hmm. didn't move at all. Like well, I meant to move it, and it just didn't fucking move, and it goes right. straight into the ground underneath the basket. That's the yips. It can happen to anybody. You've seen major league catchers not be able to throw the ball back to the pitcher just because of that. That's crazy. It is. It it happens every now and then, and there's no real uh, explanation for it. The yips. Look it up. I believe you. Look it up. I'm gay. Um, I think we've done enough damage. We have. This might have been a boring episode, but we put something out, and you can suck our dicks. Yeah. Whew. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to vote for me in the upcoming midterm elections. I'll be running for comptroller here in uh, Fayette County. What the fuck is comptroller? I have no idea. It's so weird. I think he's like a book bookkeeper or something. I don't know. Who cares? Thanks for listening. Go fuck yourselves.